0: This is where normal comes to die. Mediocrity meets its final demise, and the status quo is unabashedly dismantled. Welcome to Reinvention Radio. Now, here's your host, Steve Ulster. Oh.
1: Welcome to another edition here of Reinvention Radio. Steve is joining now with Richie Ote. What's up, Richie Ote? What's going on, Steve? Oh man, got Mary Goulet doing her uh, Vegas thing right now. She's off in Vegas on a conference. White White holding it down in the studio. Kelly Polker holding it down back home, and uh, we're joined by the one and only Dave Keenis. What's up, my man? How you doing, brother? Good I to be here. Really, really good. Awesome having you here. Great and to be here. Uh, for those who are joining us live, welcome to Reinvention Radio. For those who are listening to the podcast edition. I uh, don't forget you can join us live every Thursday from 12 until 2 Pacific and that feed is at reinventionradio.com and of course if you've been watching uh what's going on uh with everything in the in the world right now then uh this is uh this is a perfect show for you to be tuning into as we're going to be reinventing Life's Choices. I, li- I like that. I think that's what we ended up settling in on, right? I think uh, that's what you and Kelly reinvented. Well, you had a much longer one. You were just like reinventing the vision through the hourglass of time. And when there's like this whole – it's like we, we can't fit that on a graphic, dude. So I think it ended up being reinventing uh, Life's Choices, which yeah. um, which I like. And And to that end – yeah, man, there are some people who need to learn.
2: Yes, there are. <laughs> you better learn. Everybody. You much. better
1: learn. So, uh well, everyone for sure, but um in particular, of course, there are uh some who need to learn a little more than others. But you know, to that end, man, let's uh let's let's kind of drop back in the story for a minute here so that we can move things forward because uh, you've got a really interesting story yourself. I mean, yeah. true. Uh, no doubt, man. I mean, from mm, drug addiction mm-hmm. to, yeah, well, I'll let you tell the story. Yeah. But uh, you, you've got a pretty interesting past that uh, I, I think in a lot of ways, uh, without a shadow of a doubt, of course, it has shaped you into the man that you are today. Yeah. But, uh, but take us a, take us back first so that we can uh, start talking about the present and the future.
2: Well, yeah, man. Um, I was, uh, you know, I'm from Chicago, grew up in Chicago. Hey, t- who uh, chi Moved to Colorado, got into some habits, I guess, living out there. Colorado is a serious party state. So like after you cross, just,
1: just I think for those who have never been to Colorado, just so you know, after you cross the border, like they, they stop your car pretty much no matter where you come into the state, yeah. they stop your car. And I believe they just hand you,
2: like, a bag of drugs. Yeah, free right? weed, free
1: weed, Everything that you drugs, need. Yeah. anything
2: you could ever possibly yeah, want. Yeah, they just hand it to you, and they go, yeah. welcome,
1: and we expect you to be addicted Multiple by the time you get to your, your destination. Yes, this
2: is Colorado. Yeah, so it's, Colorado. Yeah, uh, anyway, move back to Chicago. Things went from bad to worse. Um, next thing I know, I'm finding my, I'm just a wandering the west side of Chicago, strung out junkie. This happened between the years of 2000. Late 2005 and June 11th of 2007. So it was in uh, a very, very serious 18 month stint. Found Wait, myself- are we talking like homeless? No, not. No, 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 no. Not homeless. No, it was definitely not
1: homeless. Not homeless. Just no. going out there. To going do down drugs. there to
2: obtain the things I needed to get.
1: So we're we talking yeah. like Washington and Western where uh,
2: we're talking uh, specifically Cicero and Fulton. Oh, OK. West, West Side, West, okay. West Side, West west side. west side, where I did not belong. Right. And uh, so you
1: get out there, white guy walking out into this neighborhood. You yep. obviously got cash to spend. Yep. How many times were you jumped before you actually got what you needed?
2: Oh, I they treated. They they run it like a business, so they knew I had money. They were going to they make sure that I was. Well. Yeah, they treated Enter me, safe, they treated me well. Enter safe, leave safe. Yep, uh, always. Well, not always. Not always. <laughs> I happen to escape with my life every time. Thank God. You love that's why you're here. Um, yeah, right. Went to jail a couple times. Got locked up at Cook County Jail, twenty sixth in California. What'd you do? Uh, <laughs> Who'd you rob? Who'd you I, steal? I pulled my dope out of my shoe on the train platform so that I could <laughs> hold it in this. Big strong white guy walks up and goes, "Excuse me, I'm with the Chicago Police Department." And I just knew. Just wait, simply because you had it on your person, you were arrested. Well, they don't, they'll arrest you for being white in that neighborhood. They don't care. They'll just they'll just grab you, frisk you, throw you up against the car because you were on the green line. You, you took, up? I was on the green you line. Took I the green line straight west. Green line stop. Yeah. yeah. And I was going to take that back to Oak Park, and mm-hmm. I was going to take the Oak Park train back to Glen ellen suburbs, yep. and pulled the uh, fidgeted into my shoe, pulled the dope out of my shoe. Like an idiot, and uh, yeah. So the next forty-eight hours of my life were literally the worst I've ever experienced ever. So you're ever in the ever. so you're
1: in the pen. So you're at twenty-six in California, yeah. and he took you in just on. Uh, I mean, uh, just on possession. Yeah, it was possession. Just possession. Was, and yeah. uh, and so for those who don't know, twenty-six in California is kind of the roundup spot for for yeah. folks who are in trouble in Chicago. In Chicago, yeah. It's not a pretty place yeah. by any stretch of the imagination. Second worst
2: jail behind L.A. County yeah. in the
1: country. Yikes. Yeah. And so you're, so you're in the cell. Obviously, kid from Glen Allen, which is a suburb of Chicago. Yeah. Your one phone call?
2: Did you get one call? I got one phone call. Who'd you call? Uh, my mother. Your mom. That must have been a tough call. Right now. Yeah, that was not a pleasant call. Yeah. So how old were you? 18, 19, no, 20? At the, no, at the time I was 31. Oh, Jesus Christ, man. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Fork in the road. Yeah, 31 years old. Wow. Okay, nope. so... Maybe 32. Yeah, 30, 31 or 32.
1: So you, mom takes that call. Is she in tears? Is it, oh, yeah. Is it...
2: Yeah. Oh,
3: yeah. It's brutal. Yeah.
2: It's
1: freaking brutal.
3: And did she know already you were having a problem? Oh, yeah. They were aware. So they, were you living at
1: home at the yeah, time? Yeah, I was living at home. You're living at home. Yeah. So they knew what was going on.
2: Yeah, the the plan was move back from Colorado, get my shit together... And, uh, you know, that's not what happened. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, was I moved,
3: moved it was moved to, to Colorado. Part. I got more room for more drugs <laughs> I got now, more, <laughs> more money yeah. for more drugs. It was, uh, it was weird.
1: So were you working at the time? Were you keeping a day job? And yeah, you were I was working
2: addict? in a restaurant. I was, I was working in this little Vietnamese restaurant, and I, I was managing to get by. But, I mean, it just deteriorated more mm-hmm. and more and more until – I mean, it essentially, you know, to speak spiritually, it – it was a battle between yeah. good and evil there was the devil <laughs> below me there was God above me and yeah. one of the, they they were both telling me to choose
1: did you get Weinstein in uh, Cook County? There were you? No, uh, it could have been Weinstein.
2: Yeah, I, I held my. I, I, I did not use the bathroom. It's like, Weinstein. <laughs> I'm laugh. really grateful I didn't get Weinstein. <laughs> no, but I took measures to make sure that I didn't get Weinstein. Wrenched really hard,
3: dude. What'd you say? For, you didn't go to the bathroom.
2: I didn't go to the bathroom for like 36 hours because I was oh, just God. locked in this one cell with like 60 other people, and these are murderers, right? Rapists, murderers. Well, they thought you
1: were too. They didn't know why you were no, they in there. Know, they
2: had no clue. That, that, so,
1: did you pull the crazy bit? Did you start like talking to yourself and getting no, like really? No, I just,
2: I just kind of played it cool. kept t- kept to myself. And yeah, uh, yeah,
1: yeah. And uh, all right, so you got so obviously you got out. Did you get par- did
2: you get parole? No, did you I get probation? Um, I, got, did you I ended get, up like, I ended up getting probation. It's called four ten probation. So I I think technically I'm a felon. Technically, I, I haven't thought about it because I'm not worried about.
1: You're either a felon or you're not. I, 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 well, it well was you a, don't really know until no, you, you try really, to get a it's, job.
2: Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> then a, and, they figure it and, out And when you work for yourself. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's kind of like I just sort of bypass that.
1: So your employer is okay with uh, with your with your history, right? You're yeah, I mean, I work for
2: myself. Oh, yeah, my employer saying. is yeah, perfectly fine employer, with yeah, my history. Okay. I might be <laughs> sabotaging future shot. business <laughs> at the moment. It, during, no, as, it makes as we speak. for your story. You're a,
1: you're like a dude that's no, been through shit. Well, like people are like, I like this guy. I actually I mean, got a
2: I actually got a corporate America job. And you cut your hair sober. now. I know. What's up with that, man? I almost
1: didn't recognize. Getting in my face
2: when I was surfing. I was trying to take off and. priorities, priorities! Yeah, the waves—nothing to do
3: with professionalism. Waves over
2: the ladies, waves (laughs) over the ladies. So you said you
3: got a corporate gig. Eight months later,
2: eight months sober, I got. Well, this is not eight months after that, but yeah, I ended up with this really badass corporate job. Not bad, selling software for a software company, and I had actually made up. I made up two years. Now, granted, I was in recovery at this point. I was sober. All I was doing was twelve-step work. That's it. Like it was my only job. Mm -hmm. Um, and I. Made a resume, sent it into a Craigslist ad. I made up the two years that I was like doing my thing. I just made up this bullshit company uh, called mm-hmm. First Capital Funding. And I put it <laughs> on the resume and I get this call after I send it into a Craigslist ad. And it's this guy, John, who's a good friend of mine today. And he goes, tell me about this First Capital Funding. And I tried to explain <laughs> it to him. And he goes, tell you what, Dave, I'm not buying it. <laughs> and he goes, he goes, but there's something about you. Why don't you come in for an interview? Mm. And that was my doorway back in. That Did was, you come
3: clean in the interview? No, no, not in the no interview. Years intended. later, I came clean. Years okay. later, I came clean because yeah. he,
2: yeah, he became a good friend. But, uh, yeah, he's just one of the many people that was were put in my life to help me put it all back together. So
1: and, let, let, I actually want to go back a little bit yeah. just because – It's like we we see the milk cartons like we, you know, I mean, like growing up as a kid, it's like, you know, best tip yet. Don't start. You know, like we like I remember that crap, (laughs) you know, and it's like some of that stuff sticks. And then you're like, fuck it, I'm do it anyway. So do you remember the first time that you decided to because a lot of people tell you, oh, dude, that stuff is like crazy addicting. Like, you know, don't do it. I mean, do you
2: remember the first I, I actually have a podcast called Addiction and Redemption, and you can hear all of it see? in great detail. But, nice. yeah, the first
3: – Look, you're getting the, better at marketing already. See? Sweet. <laughs> I slipped that one in, didn't I? Uh,
2: that Just was, get the link I, next that's time, a, too. That was a good scene, man. Brother. Well, Thanks, brother. Well, Thanks. I'm learning. Well learning. See, well learning.
3: Yeah. Uh, future and radio.
2: Um, yeah, so, um, it, you know, teenagers are, are messed up. They don't think. Yeah. You know, I, I remember it's like the first time I went – First time I went and saw the Grateful Dead, I was 17 years old. We go down there, 16. Go down to the parking lot at Soldier Field. Some guy comes along and says, want to buy some acid? We go, is it good? He goes, yes. We go, okay, we'll take some. <laughs> like you wouldn't know the difference like, yeah, anyway like, at that point. Uh, what's he going to say? No, it's really bad stuff. You're right. going to lose it. Uh, yeah, don't yeah. buy this acid for me. So that's just what teenagers do. They don't think. They got that prefrontal cortex. It's not. It's not developed yet. Yeah. And I think teenagers want to rebel and teenagers want to feel good. Yeah. And a lot of them, I mean, believe, I, there are a lot of people I know now in my 40s who I went to high school with in their 40s who are really struggling. They're still in
1: high school in their 40s?
2: Uh, you, you know. <laughs> no. No, who, um, who are really struggling with issues that started back then. Wow. Because it know, affected. Way more than you realize. Like the acid huh. and the LSDs and
1: the, where yeah. I guess that's. One of the same, but all that stuff has long-term impact yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. Now I hear you, man. But uh, but uh, at some point though, you had to. You had to, and we're obviously gonna have to cut to break here in a second. But at some point. You had to look yourself in the mirror and go, look, I need to stop. But you just couldn't stop, right?
2: That's that's the problem. As soon as you realize you got a problem, it's too late. Mm -hmm. And then the only thing, based on my personal experience and the experience of hundreds, if not thousands of people I know, is spiritual. Mm -hmm. You have to connect with something greater than you. Mm -hmm. Um,
3: Which is, I think, all anyone's trying to do anyway.
1: Right. Get to a higher plane. Uh, Right. All right. Well, look, we're we're going to take a quick break here on Reinvention Radio as we're talking to the one and only Dave Kinest. Which is actually K E H A K E H N A S T. So Dave dot com, but it's kehnas dot com. So more with Dave here on Reinvention Radio, right after this.
0: so many get on the right path and be clear about what they were born to do. Take the first step for realizing the life you deserve and desire by visiting the reinvention today. No more delays, no more denial. Reconnect with your true self. Learn to live with purpose and conviction and become who you were born to be. The world is waiting for you. What are you waiting for? Log on to the reinvention That's the reinvention workshop.com.
1: And now, back to Reinvention Radio. Here's your host, Steve Ulsher. Alrighty, welcome back to Reinvention Radio. Steve Olsher hanging out with Richie Ote. What's up, Richie Ote? What's going I on? caught you chewing. And uh, the one and only, Dave Keenis is hanging out here with Hello. us as well as we are reinventing life's choices. And so... You know, on the break, we were talking uh, uh, amongst ourselves here a little bit about you know, why people kind of go down that path and maybe they've got a, a hole they're trying to fill or, or something that just feels, let's just call it incomplete. Yeah. Right. And so do do you find that at least mm, now that you've been clean and I assume you're still clean? Ten and years. So, ten years. Yeah, yeah. Right. Sweet brother. Congrats on that. Uh, do you find that the people who are heading down this path and those who you know who still are addicted or partake or whatever, are they trying to fill some sort of gap? Are they trying to fill a hole? Why, why are they doing it?
2: Yeah, there's something empty about the nature of their soul. It's, it's all spiritual. There's just something. There's something missing. And so they're looking to replace that thing that's missing with an intoxicant, thinking mm-hmm. that that will make them better temporarily it does in the beginning but then in the long run it doesn't even temporarily make you better it just makes everything worse yeah, it's a yeah and i think thing. there's
3: all kinds of addictions going on it's just we we tend to point out the ones that look a little uglier mm-hmm. so but i mean there's shopping addictions and working addictions and sex sex addictions sex. there's so many addictions mm-hmm. but we tend to focus on the drug Addicts, yeah. for the most part, but there's all kinds of them.
1: Yeah, for sure. And you know, look, as you as you sit back though, and, and you and you look uh, objectively at kind of where you were at, you you came to the conclusion that you needed something uh, from a spiritual basis. I mean, but it could be it could be a career right hole, right? I mean, like I think there are people who just feel like they've got nothing to be fired up about, right? I mean, I, I, and I know you're a spiritual guy, and I know you've sure. kind of gone down that path, but do you feel like if someone's got something that they're truly fired up about and they, and they just, you know, they they jump out of bed, uh, they can't wait to get to work, They there's just not enough hours in the day to get done what they've got to get done, that doesn't put them into a house of worship, so it's not a spirituality piece, but they've got something that they're living for that really puts fire in their soul. I, I mean, do you – maybe it's – is it possible it's both? Like there are some people who have that kind of um, – that, that hole around – what it is that I'm really here meant and made to do, and then others who need that, more of that spiritual, someone, you know, a, a power bigger than us all kind of thing to to be accountable
2: to. Well, I mean, it's, it, there's just, there are so many gray areas with this, with, you know, the addiction stuff. And yep. it's like you said, there's, there are, there are, uh, there's shopping addictions, there's sugar addictions, there's sexual addictions, there are, everyone is more or less addicted to something. Yeah. And uh, it, yeah, it really just it it actually does though come down to do you have a reason to live? Yeah, when people don't have a reason to live, they very often will seek out unhealthy, synthetic, yeah, substances, yeah, to give them a reason.
1: Yeah, and I mean to Richie's point, there's it could be any one number of addictions, right? I mean, it, some people find that fulfillment in 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 sex, right, and some people find that fulfillment in. Uh, I mean, even sports, I mean, for some people who, who are like these endurance athletes, right? I mean, you see them, well, like you on the surfboard, man. I mean, like you love to surf and there's a certain high, right, oh, that yeah. comes from catching that wave and being out in the water and being a part of Mother Nature and so on, right? So is that, uh, I mean, that that can be considered an addiction, right? Did you just replace one addiction with another and, and one is more societally, ex- you know, acceptable
2: and the other is not? I mean, it's all about the place that the, it's all about the place that you're coming from. So you know, like in coaching, we say, "Is that from a distinguished place?" So me what is, surfing what does every being morning from a distinguished
1: place it means, mean?
2: it means that you're crystal clear on the reason why you're doing something. Mm-hmm. So in order for me to work with the human beings who I do every day, I need. Uh, 2 hours of well-being time every morning and the well-being time that i choose is surfing. Mm-hmm. Right? Like mm-hmm. so the rest of my life won't work if i'm not in the ocean. It yeah. won't work optimally rather.
1: But do you do you feel like you've replaced one addiction with the other? I mean is that Oh, definitely. I
2: mean sort of, but mostly mostly no. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: I mean cause what, what what i mean what What I, would we call an addiction then? What like that? what would be the literal definition of an addiction then? To Steve's point, because I kind of think we don't get rid of habits; we replace habits with new habits. And an addiction may or may not. I'm asking the opinion: is is that just a a habit on steroids or something? It's you know something what I mean? You can't like,
2: live without. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so it's you like, know? what what would we define an addiction as? it's something that you cannot help
3: from do help but doing so. You have to do it. So do you feel at like the that cost about surfing now? Okay, so that's at the cost of anything is where you yeah. would draw I mean, the line. I mean, like I'm the, the waves
2: go away and I go sit in the meditation garden. I li- I'm, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. You know I mean, that's just my, my personal preference. Got it. You know?
1: mm-hmm. So let, let's, let's visit then this whole discussion around life's choices, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I'd, I'd like to think that we've all been raised with a fairly solid understanding of, well, what's right and what's wrong at least the majority of us have been raised with a decent understanding of what's right and what's wrong but we still make choices that would fall into the that's wrong category i mean i think we all do it in various ways i mean some to more degrees of impact than others but when you are working with a client cuz you do personal coaching and you know you help your clients make the right choices what are some things that you help them to think about when they are making a choice
2: well it's it's all it, it starts off with showing them telling them what they don 't want to hear, showing them what they don 't want to see, and once so that they can be the biggest the, the, the greatest version of themselves possible mm-hmm. right so when you the, the term the terminology we use is distinguishing their being. So when you can show a client a picture of themselves that they're not used to seeing and that they're not necessarily comfortable seeing, it then gives them access to choices they didn't realize they had.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And so and then you hold them accountable.
1: So what would be an example of that action? Like what, what – I mean because I, I think for the most part we're – we're aware as human beings of what it is that is good for us, what it is that is bad for us, what it is that we excel at, what it is that we don't, and yet we just make choices that don't always support how we're naturally wired to, to perform in, in an optimal way. But what would be an example then of your saying something or showing something to someone that they can't see or don't want to hear?
2: Uh, arrogance is a really common one. So arrogance is righteousness Why plus Why are you looking fear. at me man? No. <laughs> no. But righteousness y- plus fear. Right? So when you reflect to someone that they're coming from a place where they're acting holier than thou but they're terrified underneath, mm-hmm. then you've got an access point to humility, right? So then, then then you have then you can kind of dig into the fear and really get clear on what they're terrified of, mm-hmm. right? And then from there, you've got some place to go, or false humility is another one mm-hmm. so, right?
1: what would, so what would
2: be false humility like, like your for, for false humility is arrogance's second cousin I always refer to it as <laughs> but uh, it would be like um hey, that was a great speech you you gave. And the person says, oh, no, no, that wasn't me. That was God did that for me. God just did that for me. And it's like, Ah. yeah, but you showed up and did the work. You got over the fear and spoke to all those people. You did a great Mm -hmm. job. You inspired people. No, 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 that was God. And that's Mm -hmm. not quite arrogance. It's kind of in a different category. Yeah. But true humility, it's going to be a person's no better than no better than someone else, and they're never going to present themselves to be worse. Mm-hmm. So like Jerry Garcia is a very classic example of a truly humble person. You would, you would never hear him make a reference to him not being an amazing guitar player, but at the same time, you would hear him tell you how hard he practiced. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and so as you work
1: with your clients and they get stuck, what, what are some of the ways that you help them – to break free from some of those self-imposed limitations that they that they put in place is it is it simply a matter of pointing out to them this is what's going on i mean or is there a, is there a method to the madness how how
2: do you take people through that process of breaking through those limitations you reflect to them what you what you're noticing and then you ask a question mm-hmm. so i 'm noticing that every time you 're talking about this relationship that you 'd like to create, somehow your mother comes up that 's interesting isn 't it?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: say hmm, so now we 've gone now we've peeled back a layer of the onion and we 've gone down a different road right so then it would you might ask a question along the lines of uh, well, what will you take on to be responsible for that dynamic because this dynamic is obviously hijacking what it is you really want to create, mm-hmm. which is a loving relationship mm-hmm. right so now that might lead them. They might say, well, now I need to get some therapy. I'll say, okay, I'm not a therapist, so I'll refer you to a therapist, and then I would hold them accountable for that.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: right? So that's why my, my coaching it takes place over the course of several months because you never know what's going to come up. Yeah,
1: yeah, I, I would think you probably have to do that. So, yeah, But to that end, I just wanted to talk, and we're going to have to take another break here in about a minute or so, but I want to talk quickly about just this whole coaching industry. Now, you've actually been trained to be a a coach is that a certified
2: life coach is that what what would you call that um well there's it's really just coaching and coaching is about getting helping a person accomplish their goals so if a person wants to create a relationship you're going to help them create the relationship if a person wants to double or triple their business you're going to help them double triple their business Mm -hmm. if a person wants to create a different work-life balance you're going to help them achieve a work-life balance now Mm -hmm. if you are a Like a a properly trained coach, you can essentially facilitate the process of helping someone create whatever it is they want.
3: Mm -hmm. Can a coach go across different verticals? You know, we've we've started to talk about that off air, but do you have to be better than that person at that thing to coach them? Oh,
2: no, absolutely not. No, if you're a real coach, you could – if – real coach – some of my stuff showing up there. Yeah, you can you can if you're a properly trained coach, you can tra- you can coach anyone on anything who is coachable. Mm-hmm. And co- right. what coachable means is that you have an inherent ability and or willingness to look within yourself. That's what coachability is. Mm-hmm. All right,
1: well, we're going to, to take a quick break here on Reinvention Radio. And I actually do want to revisit that a little bit because uh, there's something to be said for helping people build businesses as a coach when you haven't built a business yourself outside of the coaching industry. And I know there's been some conversation around that as well. So we'll talk more with Dave Kinas here on Reinvention Radio, more right after this. One person has the power to change the world, impact millions of lives, and leave a legacy for lifetimes to come. That person is you. In the New York Times bestseller, What is Your What? Steve Ulcher, award-winning author and founder of the Reinvention Workshop, reveals his proven process that has helped thousands of men and women discover, share, and monetize the one thing they were born to do. Grab your free copy now at www.whatisyourwhat.com dot com slash free that's www.whatisyourwhat.com forward slash free and now back to reinvention radio here's your host steve olsher all right welcome back to reinvention radio steve olsher and Richie hanging out here what's up everybody hello hello, hello. the one and only dave keenest that's k-e-h-n-a-s-t dot com dot com dot com, dot com. Dot com. All right, brother, as we're uh, as we 're reinventing life 's choices actually and before the break, what I was talking a little bit about is I, I just wanted to cover this because I know it 's been discussed in many different circles, and you 've mentioned a couple names of people that um, uh, that I know and uh, and have been able to spend some nice time with you know the Bill barons and Christian Michaelsons mm-hmm. and rich Germans of the world and actually my buddy rich did a uh, pretty interesting video about that whole Conversation around coaches, coaching coaches to coach coaches to coach coaches, etc. And and then there's been some interesting uh, conversations uh, around that where it's just like, look, if if I can help you get a desired result, then I am every bit as qualified as anyone else to coach you and to lead you and to hold you accountable and to guide you. Uh, But uh, how do you address just from that standpoint? Because uh, look, obviously reinventing life's choices, reinventing life or decisions, whatever it is. I mean that those are things based on your background, that definitely you can help people with. I mean, you, you were in a, a crazy spot. You, you cleaned yourself up. You got to this point. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got a, a great story, great background, the whole nine. So you could definitely help people get clear, get focused, and so on. But then when you start talking about, okay, well, if you want to build a, a million-dollar-plus business, I can help you do that. If you want to do this, I can help you, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. How do you address that? So for those who feel like they can help people in business, and, and Richie, you brought up this point where it's like, you know, Michael Jordan needed a coach. Jack Nicholas needed a coach, et cetera. But one-on-one, you know, Michael could have beaten all of them. And Tiger Woods could beat, you know, all of the, you know, his coaches and so on and so forth. And Jack Nicholas, right? Mm-hmm. But someone can still see something that you can't see. Is that how you look at it then in terms of saying, I'm qualified to help you build your business because I can see things from an outside perspective? Or how do you sell people on that, I think, is ultimately my question. Well, it
2: starts out just having a conversation with them. Um, and. Reflecting to them what it is I notice about them, um, but it it all comes down to good coach training, good coach training will uh, will give you the tools that you need to pretty mm-hmm. much coach anyone on anything. yeah um, yeah, but, so but like
1: ultimately people hit a ceiling in terms of whatever their own abilities and, and limitations are and capabilities are, right? So I, I can reflect back to you mm, these things that are going on, but it doesn't mean that I necessarily have the answer insofar as how do I build a, a $20 million business when I'm at $2 bucks, and you haven't built a $20 million business. Do you know what I mean? So, well, yeah.
3: No, well, I hear what well, you're maybe saying. Go, and, maybe he would tell him to go find a person who's well, built a $20 million business. Maybe. Yeah. Well,
2: there's a difference between um, consulting and advising and coaching. So mm-hmm. coaching actually fits in within – if you look at the International Coach Federation, okay. the International Coaching Federation, there are actually – specific guidelines that a coach adheres to mm-hmm. that is coaching so if someone has created a 20 million dollar business they may very well say do exactly what i did and you will create a business just like i did now that person is advising you and is essentially consulting you mm-hmm. but what if um that person the client shows up for a call with that particular coach and says but I have this fear I can't get over. Mm-hmm. And so the person who's created a $20 million business, there's a very likely chance that he has he or she has no facility in working with the at the, the deeper levels of what mm-hmm. goes on with the human being. Mm-hmm. That person, that coach who created that $20 million business may have done it from a place of complete insanity and overachieving that was a reaction to some childhood guilt or whatever that they sure. were feeling. And so... Um, That's what we refer to as context. So they might be coming from a specific context, from a Mm -hmm. specific place, and they might be able to sign people up on their quote-unquote programs, but they're just going to tell them exactly what worked for them, Mm -hmm. more than likely. Mm -hmm. And so that doesn't necessarily adhere to the International Coach Federation guidelines, right? So. Um, have I helped somebody create a twenty million dollar company? No, I have not right. Um, I have helped people create things that have blown my mind in theirs though, mm-hmm. however, and that just comes from following the methodology that I was trained in.
3: Yeah, one I sure. could imagine too, sometimes someone could have a ten million dollar business. you help them just feel a little more secure in their own skin, no more self awareness, and they might grow the business. On their right. own, and you didn't even talk to him about business.
2: Well, that's very what that's where we get into work life balance. I mean, that very often people's, you know, I'm working with a guy right now who's very, very, very successful, and his whole breakthrough, the fundamental thing he's after in life, is not more money, it's more time. Mm. And by giving him more time, paradoxically, what could very likely happen is that he'll end up with more money almost by accident. Mm-hmm. So what you know, what the coaching is there is, hey, I notice that you work yourself ragged. You never give yourself a day off, and uh, your wife and family is suffering as a result of that. How it, it does that land with you? Yes, you just summed up my whole life in thirty <laughs> seconds. Okay, great. You want me to work with you on that? Yeah. And so now we're into an, an entirely different area, and that's where the the line between what is business coaching and what is life coaching. Sure. It's really difficult to distinguish between the two because your your life is your business, mm-hmm. and if someone's business has become their entire life and they no longer have a life, that's where the coaching happens.
3: Yeah, this is where it is comes in handy to have a big rolodex, right? Because then you could have a business coach friend if you still have a rolodex my friend we what? need to talk oh no you you've never seen them on the phone there's an <laughs> yeah, app yeah. rolodex is, is there really app? oh nice. it spins in the whole night <laughs>
1: all right so let, let's do this because uh yeah unfortunately we, we start to run out of time here in this last segment but i want to i want to give folks an opportunity to really understand your process and i think this would actually help a lot of folks mm-hmm. uh, myself included richie included and so on and uh, obviously we have to do this in just a, a couple minutes time here but uh from, from – because ultimately it's a, it's, a, it's a life choice, right, to work with someone and to get guidance and to be held accountable and to create the life or the business that they really, really want. Can you give us some tips or some pointers on those sort of enrollment conversations when you enroll someone into your world to get them to say yes to working with you? Because you did that really well there in terms of is that something you want me to work on with you? Can you give us some pointers around that? Because that comes naturally to you, obviously, being a trained coach and helping people make those choices. Uh, What does that sound like when you're enrolling somebody? I know it's going to be different from everybody, but just generally speaking. You
2: just want to get them really, really present to how they would like their life to look six months or a year down the road. Mm -hmm. Really present. You want them to paint that picture. You you want to partner with them in that initial call to paint the picture. Right. How would you like how much money would you make? How many hours a week would you be working? How much time would you spend with your significant other? What type of a relationship would you be in X, Y and Z? Mm -hmm. You get them really clear on what they want. And then the fun stuff is digging into what's in the way. Mm -hmm. What's in the way of that? Well, if I only had more time. Okay. well, you know, a lot of people have disempowering relationships to time. Right? Or if I only had more money. you know that's a, it's, it's pretty much romances, finances, spirituality, integrity, mm-hmm. and time are like mm-hmm. kind of the five fundamental things that human beings struggle with or sure. have challenges with or want breakthroughs in. And uh, yeah, so then it's just a fascinating conversation about what you want and what's in the way. And the what's in the way stuff is what... It's fascinating because what's in the way is often what makes human beings tick. But when you create an empowered relationship to what's in the way... Um, that's when people start to have, they have access to choices they didn't realize they had, mm-hmm. but you got to really get in there. I mean, as Tony Robbins says, you have to have a conversation with the soul of that human being mm-hmm. and you need to be able to get into a person's heart and to their soul and speak to them in a way that no one ever has. And if you're able to do that, it's an art. It takes a lot of practice, but if you're able to do that, uh, you can rely on, or you can count on a certain number of people saying yes.
1: Mm-hmm. And ultimately, when you when you have those conversations, is it then a matter of getting to the bottom of their commitment to achieving that goal? And they'll they'll almost sell you on working with them very often. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and there are ta- all kinds of bells and whistles. I mean, there's just like I said, it's a, it's an art. There's so many different tools and resources and things that you can pull from. Yeah, and there's so many different coaches out there. I mean, there's so many brilliant right. coaches out there. Yeah, for sure. And I'll often recommend another coach who, I, if I'm not a fit for someone, I'm more than happy to recommend another coach who would be, who would be. Yeah, which is awesome.
1: And so, if people want to get more information about you, where's the best place for them to go? Just go to DaveKehnast.com, and that's K-E-H-N-A-S-T. N-A is an apple. S is in sand. <laughs> M.T. is in time. Keenast. Keenast. Exactly. Keenast. Keenast. Com. All right, my friend. Well, it's been a really uh, interesting enlightening and, Thanks, uh, and fun conversation with you. Appreciate you being so open and so honest about the things that you've had going on in your life. And uh, glad you're on the straight and narrow, my man. Enjoy the waves. And or we'll talk shizzle. to you next time here on Reinvention Radio. from Mary Goulet and Rich yeah, O'Tay. I'm Steve Olsher. We'll talk to you guys really, really soon. Okay, my friends. Take care. Bye-bye.